Welcome to the Nine Moms Podcast. My name is Phineas and this is my mama's podcast and, and here she is. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 22 of the Nine Months Podcast. I can't believe I've been doing this for 22 weeks already. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for sending me your feedback. Um, it's been really nice to to hear back from you all um, about what you want to hear and what kind of stories you want to hear and, and how you like the way that we are presenting um, the birth stories here. So thank you very much for for commenting and for giving me a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, in today's story, we hear from Anya and she will be sharing the birth of her little boy Frederick with us. Frederick was born in Germany and Anya was going back and forth between Prague and Germany during her pregnancy and still is. Um, Anya will share her fertility journey with us. It took her a few years to conceive, so we will hear how all that went. And also having a few hiccups in the in the end of the pregnancy where baby was a bit small and she had to have uh, lots of ultrasounds and lots of checkups towards the end of the pregnancy and ended up having to be induced towards the end there because they wanted to deliver baby. So I'm going to let Anya tell the story. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Hi Anya and welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. Hi Lisa and uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, do you want to start by introducing yourself and who is in your family and where you guys are and all these things? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Anya. Then in my family there's uh, my husband, Pavel. And for uh, a little bit more than eight months now there is uh, our son, Frederick Emilian. Um, I'm German and I also work in Germany in Leipzig and um, my husband he is Czech and he also works in Prague in Czech Republic so uh, until the baby was there and uh, COVID was there we were quite uh, commuting between both places or actually between Dresden and uh, Prague this is where I lived before and yeah right now so uh, we are um like right now we are in uh, just back in leipzig after some uh, five months of maternity leave uh, that i spent in prague oh, great great super so should we jump straight into it then and start with your journey to becoming pregnant did you guys plan sure. to have a baby and how did you find out uh, we um, planned to have a baby for a long time, but not then when it happened. <laughs> so we were <laughs> we were trying to conceive for quite a long time, like three, four years, and it was quite um, uh, quite diffi- difficult. We were uh, even um, going to a fertility clinic <clears throat> and. Uh, uh yeah i had like some uh, basic examinations there and also a little uh surgery but all this was also quite um had quite an impact of uh, on our relationship mm-hmm. 
So uh, over this process, we also uh, separated mm. um, for a while. And um, yeah, so um, when we uh, then actually uh, became pregnant, um, this was absolutely not planned. This was, we just came back together uh, for a few uh, weeks or months, maybe. <laughs> and um, yeah, this was a really big, big surprise. I just uh, uh, changed my job uh, also in another city. So I uh, had to move. And yeah. Uh -huh. So very surprising. That's great. Can, can may I ask uh, for your conception journey, if you want to give us some details of, of what happened and, and what you were going through for, for any other mamas that might be wondering? Yeah, so it was uh, quite uh, unclear why it didn't happen. I don't know how it's anywhere else. Like uh, in Germany, um, if for, for one year uh, you are trying to conceive and you don't... Uh, get pregnant then uh, the uh, OBGYNs are sending you to the fertility uh, clinics yeah there we also had to wait quite long for an appointment uh, so like this time really really stretched and uh, somehow nothing happened and was quite um, yeah for for not the best for our mental health yeah I, of course I suppose and yeah, we chose to go to a clinic in uh, Germany, actually, because we thought like most of the tests and examinations will be uh, on my side. So it will be easier to do it in Germany because I was I was working there mm. and uh, I uh, couldn't go all the time during the week uh, to Prague. Right. And yeah, I, I, I don't know, there were different doctors at this clinic so we went to the um, to the big um, public hospital one and you had always a different doctor uh, a little bit for the examinations and there was one specific doctor who was really uh, kind of psycho oh. <laughs> 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 wow. uh, who had really um um, bad remarks about our living situation oh. because we were computing and uh, she was then asking questions so yeah, how will you do it when there's a baby and but really in a judgmental way yeah and uh, this uh, I think also had a really bad uh, impact so there were a few remarks then that were uh, um, sticking with us and, and uh, mm. staying in our heads for a long time. And I think this wasn't very, very helpful. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So they did the basic checks and uh, couldn't find anything. Um, then I was scheduled for uh, surgery for. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm lacking vocabulary. No, that's okay. Was it like um, a surgery to, I don't know, sometimes people do this endometriosis surgery, for example. Was it that? Uh, yeah, yeah, they wanted to, to uh, check for that. And they wanted to check uh, basically if the 
the tubes the tubes that's the word uh if the tubes are <laughs> like uh if the air can go through this <laughs> yeah and if, if they find anything else so um and did they find anything and and did you get a diagnosis of of why you couldn't conceive or they found some minor endometriosis and some small other things would they repair it but that uh, uh that would, was it so it wasn't clear if it's like really uh the reason so there was something in the way but yeah yeah if it was totally the reason this uh this wasn't clear after the surgery okay but then you guys just went on and, and conceived naturally without any help uh yes in the That's end incredible <laughs> <laughs> and how was it like finding out that you were pregnant then uh, how i said i just uh started a new job um beginning of the year uh, 2020 first week and the new job was in Leipzig and I was still living in uh, Dresden. So I was commuting every day and going by train for uh, one hour, one and a half. <clears throat> and uh, the first moment when I knew something is definitely different and something is wrong was when I was running for my train. And after a few meters, I was huffing and puffing and I couldn't anymore. And I missed the train in the end. So I didn't make it. <clears throat> Um, but I still didn't want to believe it actually. And it was then only after a few days later that I, um, bought a test and on a Saturday morning, uh, I, yeah, took test and, uh, it was immediately extremely positive. Yeah, that's great. And was Pavel with you then? No, he was still, uh... He was still in Prague. He was only coming to uh, Dresden that morning. Yes, yeah, so we met for breakfast. And I still didn't tell him anything. And uh, we were actually <laughs> uh, choosing kitchen appliances for, the, uh, for our new flat in Prague. And, uh, but in that moment, I was already thinking, okay, so when we are talking kitchen appliances, maybe now we have to do different choices with more uh, child <laughs> security yeah. and all these features. Yeah, so uh, when we went home, then I gave him the, a little box um, and told him there was still one more Christmas present that I forgot to give him because it was the first or second week of January. And so then I put the test inside and he oh, that's nice. took a while until he realized what it actually is. Oh, oh but that's nice. I, <laughs> I couldn't have kept it in over, over breakfast. I would have blurted it out straight away. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very strong. <laughs> I still had to process myself. So <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, of course. <laughs> I wasn't ready <laughs> to yeah. share the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wonderful so you you went through your pregnancy through or at least medically or your medical care was in germany right for the pregnancy yes. yeah yes. so so how was it to to navigate that and and early pregnancy and and being pregnant how was that yeah this like i had my uh obgyn uh, where i always went i called there and 
uh, told them that I'm pregnant and uh, when I should come in for the first um, appointment. And uh, they, yeah, like asked me uh, when the test was positive and they gave me an appointment a few weeks later. So I was there end of January for the first time. This was then maybe sixth or seventh week uh, where they confirmed the pregnancy with some uh, little ultrasound. And uh, like, I remember that my doctor was very hesitant uh, at first because we, like I was always at her when uh, doing all this um, uh, infertility journey. And uh, I, was, I was quite eager to go there and now it finally worked. And uh, she was uh, still very, uh, calm and hesitant and professional, of course, but uh, I think when <clears throat> when there was the heartbeat on the ultrasound, this was uh, then for me a very um, touching um, moment. So that's that I really believed in because be before I was still very very hesitant. I was uh, all the time still believing that I I uh, could lose it and that maybe with all the timing it wouldn't maybe even be the uh, very worst uh, thing now that once I at least uh, became uh, pregnant but uh, then I was like from that moment on mm. I was really on with everything and really happy and oh, great so how are you feeling in your pregnancy I was uh, quite fine like the first uh, three months like tired extremely tired but also my uh, um, my daily habits were tiring at the time uh, how I already mentioned was the uh, commuting mm. and uh, yeah we were searching for a flat then uh, in Leipzig so it was really a really busy time <clears throat> uh, for me and uh, yeah I was tired I had um luckily no big problems with uh nausea only when i uh, uh forgot eating so yeah. uh, there was really really happy uh about that that i could also um yeah work well because uh i found out after one week in my new job and of course in a new job you have to uh, or at least I uh, wanted to um, yeah. show <laughs> what I can do. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty normal, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys, did you know what kind of birth you wanted and did you plan for something specific? Um, no, not very much because we were so busy with uh, other things like uh, we were um, trying to find a new uh, flat in in Leipzig we had uh, just moved the flat in uh, Prague beginning of March and uh, so it was a lot about furnishing and yeah where where to move what to do how to organize the moving processes and so on so we were really uh, occupied with uh, other things that were connected to the new situation but not to something as specific as the, the birth uh, 
itself or the or birth plan or something like that like i was doing the um like medically everything what uh is the normal course of things uh in germany so i try to um quite fast find uh, a midwife what's uh difficult especially in bigger cities and i was really lucky there and together with uh, with the midwife came the birth preparation class, so all these basic settings were were there that I knew that I will have the class then, and I will meet my uh, midwife regularly and uh, will be able to ask all my questions and This was enough for me at that point because I had other things to worry about yeah, of course, and may I ask about um midwives in germany so midwives are the ones that attend the birth and deliver the babies in in germany is that correct that's correct so mostly midwives deliver in the hospitals there but this these are then midwives that are uh, employed uh, by the hospitals and there are not many hospitals that allow um, women to bring their own midwives for the delivery but you can choose midwives uh, for uh, postpartum care in each case and uh, also for pregnancy care. So if you want, you can have uh, only every other appointment at your uh, OB and then uh, uh, the other ones with your midwife. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. And this is like included in, in healthcare system. That's free, right? Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yes. The challenge is uh, to find a midwife. Mm -hmm. That's quite often the challenge in Germany uh, when you don't start early enough uh, and in, like in bigger cities, so it's quite yeah. difficult. Yeah, but you managed to, to get one that cared for you in pregnancy? Yeah, I was uh, quite lucky um, because I also had to, uh, with moving from one city to the other, I also had to find a new OBGYN, so... Um, I still have uh, friends here from times when I studied in, in Leipzig and uh, they could uh, give me recommendations and uh, this worked uh, very well with the midwife practice. So uh, yeah, I was uh, very glad. This was calming me down and I had a free mind to care about all the other things. Yeah, of course, of course. So is there anything else you'd like to share from, from your pregnancy? Yes, maybe. Uh, so there, my pregnancy wasn't really, uh, really easy after the first uh, month. Um, so of course there was uh, COVID. So there were all the uh, restrictions about that. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, they were closing the border between Germany and Czech Republic. Uh, so luckily my husband, uh, I think two days before they closed the border, he just came to Germany and then in the end stayed there with me for uh, two and a half months and couldn't go back. What was, uh, of course, really bad for him and his work, but good for me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know when it was, like 26th, 27th week, uh, maybe... I was diagnosed with uh, cervix uh, insufficiency and immediately admitted to the uh, hospital where I had to stay for two weeks. And what does that mean? 
uh, that means that my uh, cervix that at this time was supposed to be some four or five centimeters uh, long was only uh, 10 to 12 millimeters mm -hmm. and there was a high risk of premature birth right and what do they do for what do they do to prevent premature birth when you have that condition the first um, kind of treatment was only bed rest and uh, to really uh, in the hospital they in the said I could stay there for six weeks and first days I wasn't uh, allowed to leave the room so I could go uh, to the bathroom and that was it. Hmm. Yeah. And also after, uh, so I had to stop uh, working. What I didn't like at all at the time. Uh, considering I just started a few months ago and wasn't allowed to, to move much uh, around. So my, my uh, OB, she really wanted me to uh, stay on the sofa uh, all the time and uh, I'll basically don't don't move and mm. uh, yeah so you were allowed to go home then after uh, week yeah so? after some I think it was 12 13 days I was allowed to go home because the condition um, bettered a little bit like tiny bit and um, the thing was also that I was admitted to hospital in Dresden, even if I was already living in Leipzig. So it was also um, logistically a little bit difficult for me to stay, to stay in Dresden. <clears throat> so they, they let me go home. My OB, she then, I think she didn't want to take all the responsibilities. So she still uh, sent me to an outpatient clinic, uh, what's here in the uh, university uh, hospital in Leipzig and like they care about pregnant women that need like uh, intensive care like I don't know uh, gestational diabetes and uh, things like this so I had to uh, go there for appointments also uh, quite often and yeah. in the end someone came up with the idea, idea to use a, a pessary um, to kind of closed the cervix and that uh, gave me a little bit of uh, more freedom to move around like even if it was only uh, mentally that I uh, didn't have the fear that uh, something could happen every minute that there was some right. kind of closure or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah to prevent the baby from falling out <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? Because <laughs> that's what they do, they fall out. <laughs> yeah. So so then you continued to not work then until until birth, I presume. Yes. You're just resting. Yes. Yeah, I was just resting. I was really really weak after the after this time in the hospital and this um yeah, it was really hard for me like this uh not being able to move. I remember like a few days after uh, I returned from the hospital, we wanted to go for a walk and get, get some ice cream. And this uh, ice cream place, this is like some 10 minutes away from, uh, from my flat. And I think we needed more than half an hour to get there because I was so slow and unable to move. And it was really, 
uh, really hard, I think, not only for me, but especially also for for Pavel, yeah, <laughs> who had to undo all the moving boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so do you want to go ahead and jump into the birth story itself then? Yeah, sure. So this is also quite connected to the, this uh, outpatient clinic where I was uh, like going, yeah, uh, every two weeks at first. And um, then when the pregnancy was progressing and I was maybe 35, 36 weeks, I don't remember well, they started to notice that uh, the baby was really small and they were also um, afraid that uh, I think you call it a uh, perfusion in the umbilic umbilical cord is not um, good. So they were really closely um, monitoring me. There were like um, a lot of ultrasounds, like I had a lot more than <laughs> the normal uh, three ultrasounds that you do in, in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, there started to be the uh, like the danger that I have to be uh, induced earlier, and uh, yeah, like in the end, I was every week in this uh, outpatient clinic, and uh, twice a week I had to do a CTG, like either there or at my uh, OBGYN. <clears throat> so it was with, already with every appointment a little bit like what will be there today and will, will I be able to go home after and have another week or something like this. I was then in the end, um, finally uh, being able again to do some pregnancy yoga classes and <laughs> uh, like even in person. I was really happy about that because this was really something I was missing all the time. And what I was really angry that because of uh, COVID, all these normal things, what you are, are uh, supposed uh, to do during pregnancy and yeah, what I was looking forward uh, to rent possible because of all the restrictions. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it was like, uh, like every time there was like, hmm, okay, let's see if uh, we will see Anya uh, next week. And it was always really... Uh, <laughs> insecure mm -hmm. and then I think it was 37 plus uh, 6 when I had uh, an appointment there again and uh, there was a new doctor this is also uh, mm. a thing like you I've seen so many doctors especially in these big clinics uh, there was even if I was going there uh, so often uh, like every time there's someone else so there's not so so much continuancy in the mm. care, uh, or at least you are afraid that some detail could be lost. You have right. to explain everything again and again. So uh, this new doctor, she yeah, yeah was quite uh, shocked. I had the impression, and uh, she said, "No, we have to induce today, mm -hmm. and we can't wait another." another day it has to be now she asked me if i already have my my stuff my clothes with me and no uh, <laughs> okay so then you go home now um like don't hurry too much uh, don't get stressed but uh don't come back only in the afternoon like the, the appointment was quite early morning i uh, 
remember that she called the ward with the uh, delivery rooms and like from the conversation you could could hear like that they are full that they didn't want me and they know it has to be today and i'm sending her and makes you feel really welcome right <laughs> <laughs> so i was uh, really keen <laughs> i was already imagining the scenes in, my, in front of my inner eye like uh, uh women lying in the hallways and uh giving birth and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like this mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know even if it was in the room all the time that it had to be earlier and that uh, I had to be induced in that moment I was like absolutely not ready and uh, quite shocked and uh, I remember like then on the way to to my car after I uh, called uh, Pavel and yeah, I was crying and he was still in Prague in that moment oh. so uh, he had to drive over first and Yeah, so then I was going, going home and uh, I think still in the car, calling with a friend who I wanted to meet for lunch that day and uh, asking if instead of lunch, she could maybe drive me to the hospital. Yeah, what uh, of course uh, she did. I uh, still remember like I came home, I was quite nervous, like my, my bags weren't completely packed yet and Mm -hmm. uh, then I was thinking that I still need to eat something because it will be probably difficult to get something in the hospital and uh, the only thing I could think of was uh, some frozen pizza what I was warming up and <laughs> <laughs> then um, my friend came and uh, she was so great uh, she, she has two uh, four children herself so um she could uh, quite deal with the feelings and um she was just telling me something like some legal problems what they had and to distract me and i was so grateful for that so this was really good and yeah and then she brought me to the hospital and um even brought me uh like in front of the the doors of the uh, delivery room ward, I don't know how to uh, call it. Yeah, but of course she couldn't go uh, far because of all the uh, COVID restrictions. Then I went in, they brought me to an examination room and uh, started normal procedure like uh, to like to set you up for uh, infusions and Did you get oxytocin straight away or did you, did they do something else? No, no. Um, they um, discussed this, uh, I don't know, this uh, it's always, also, was always also some um, moment of insecurity for me when the doctors discuss in front of you what the next medical step could be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they discussed that maybe uh in my case um the balloon catheter could be a good thing like um where they uh basically put two balloons in your uh, vagina really up to up the cervix and uh fill them with water and by this uh mechanical influence they uh they try to induce the labor. Right. 
this day uh, started dance obviously something they are not doing so often so there were quite a lot of people and also like some trainee uh, midwives that uh, were quite interested how it works and so on and there was a lot of laughter and <laughs> i don't feel like laughing so much right now uh yeah but um Mm-hmm. So they did this. Uh, by the time also uh, uh, Pavel had arrived mm-hmm. from Prague, there's a tiny little park in the in the back of the of the hospital building. Don't even remember that I had uh, dinner or something. Uh, I think was waiting for me then then in the hospital room uh, because also uh, like all the. Mm-hmm canteens and bistros and uh what they have in such a, a giant hospital like uh, like that one were uh closed very early because of uh covid so mm-hmm. yeah i but i was just lucky that i uh, uh i had Pavel with me because uh, yeah he was allowed to come even because of covid was there any, ever any worries about that yes there were worries there was a time like uh in spring um 2020 where especially in leipzig all the hospitals didn't allow uh not even the fathers to be present at birth oh. and it was like for us quite early quite clear that we uh like the, the reasonable thing would be to go to leipzig to a hospital mm. and this was really stressing me out like the 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 thought of having to do all this uh alone yeah yeah this yeah. uh was a big Absolutely. stress for me so i was happy yeah. to have him there um yeah Uh, nevertheless, like in the evening, he had to leave because the um, normal visiting hours were over. Yeah, then I was just uh, in the room and, of course, not able to sleep. And uh, yeah, quite an uncalm mm-hmm. night. Even though if I didn't feel I, like no big contractions or anything, uh, like almost felt nothing at all strange but yeah you know you're, you're sitting there and waiting and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like listening to uh like every movement or little twitch or anything uh-huh. your body is doing so yeah it's a quite strange situation yeah of course so if you would have been in labor would pavel have been able to stay with you through the night if you would have been in active labor Uh, yes, um, when you were in the delivery room, like there, the partners were allowed uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. But on the on this um, ward where I've been, uh, there had visiting times like in the afternoon, I think, till seven or eight into the evening. Okay, so yeah, in the morning gotcha. it wasn't possible, but in the afternoon it was uh, fine. Okay, great, great. Yeah. And then, so, and then what did they do? Did they have to do anything else or did labor start? No, labor didn't start. I had uh, like breakfast in the morning and uh, when I was still uh, uh, in the middle of my yogurt somehow, then a nurse came and uh, like in not the friendliest tone, um, I would say like, hey, you were expected in the delivery room. You have to go there. 
now. Yeah. I finished my yogurt and actually I wanted to take a shower. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am so maybe fast your yogurt and then you go. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, then I uh, had to go. This was, I think, one or two floors down. Mm. Um, to the delivery uh, room ward and then they checked me and they found out that I was uh, two centimeters uh, dilated um, what the mm. doctor was very happy with like she said it's a good result for this uh, kind of uh, catheter mm. but they have to remove it now like after 12 hours or so they have to um, uh, remove it and then they they started with um not right away with the oxytocin but with the with some vaginal gel i don't know what what was in there actually mm. uh, when this they applied and yeah and then we waited again i was uh allowed to uh call pavel to uh come over mm. and yeah there were a lot of ctgs Everything was fine, so no one was concerned about anything. And yeah, then we were just uh, waiting and waiting that uh, things are getting started. But uh, luckily, I had uh, the delivery room for me. So this was really mine for the day. And um, mm. their power was allowed to be uh, with me all the time. And then from time to time, I'm allowed to leave for a while to get some lunch and uh yeah our, what i had to do was <laughs> i um had to go uh, upstairs again to my ward where i had the room to pick up my uh covid test result this mm. made me really angry <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> there was a nurse coming in and oh, you are supposed to wear a mask when uh a mask when someone else is in the room and i couldn't believe it like, and like oh, I, i'm I'm the woman giving birth here, so so I don't have to. No, no, uh, we don't have your uh, negative test result yet. So uh, I had to get the test result myself. Yeah, so we were otherwise just uh, waiting. There were some uh, contractions that you could see mostly on the CTG. I was feeling a little bit, but it was not much. Yeah. Like it wasn't painful or anything like you could feel it. And uh, sometimes it was a little like, mm. but not really um, painful. And yeah, they wanted to apply this uh, gel for a second time. But uh, uh, when the doctor came in to, uh, to do it and saying he already had everything prepared and was really just about to uh, put mm -hmm. it in and then they decided no now it's maybe time for the uh, oxytocin drip i don't know i i didn't care so much actually what they were uh, doing or i just mm. took it uh, how it came uh, to me and i didn't object to anything they were suggesting uh, didn't ask a lot of questions i was I'm also so overwhelmed with the situation that I wasn't able to have medical discussions with them so much. Like, would in, in hindsight, I would maybe wished I, I, I uh, 
did a little bit uh i was a little bit more active and uh take more part in it but uh, like in that moment i just didn't know what what else to do so um they started the oxytocin and um as the midwife uh, i think by that time there was already um the midwife that would be also there then for my delivery like um, her shift started she already said um that uh many women quite uh like the feeling of it and uh i was uh one of them so it was a really nice drug to have actually. great <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time i heard that <laughs> really no because it's it's like the same hormone that's uh released when you're like uh cuddling your a baby and or someone oh, else yeah. and uh having mm. sex and this um yeah uh so the this positive side effects were also there with the artificial oxytocin in my case <laughs> so i was just sitting there on my bouncy ball and uh yeah everything was fine i think we started to uh slowly started to play some music um yeah this was uh quite nice went for another walk uh in between and yeah so um after a few hours then they uh, like I was really not in, not much in in pain, and uh, the midwife went uh, in and out, and like uh, was sometimes wondering when she looked in that um, I was so relaxed and uh, like there was a happy mood in in that room. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but I think she was quite uh, glad about this because there was uh, a lot to do. There were uh, a lot of other women and uh yeah then i think after the last walk outside they um examined me again and i was then seven centimeters dilated what i mm. uh thought was uh, quite a good result like would have liked to <laughs> continue uh with the oxytocin and uh, wait until 10 centimeters i mm-hmm. had no problem with that but um then um the midwife decided somehow that it took too long and i don't know if it was really too long because they were concerned for the baby or if it was kind of uh, uh, a concern that uh, the baby won't be there in in the shift anymore or something like that but she was nice like i i was really really happy that i uh, i heard her had her like she was the uh, person I was the happiest with in the whole hospital experience there and yeah so then also after a little, little bit of insecurity should I do it should I not she decided to break my waters like she asked me um, but it like what should I say so uh, I I didn't like the thought of it because I found it like even a bigger intervention than uh, everything else, like the medical <laughs> interventions that were uh, already there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really have the feeling I, I had to say in this. But I could see her insecurity if it's the right thing now. There was, also, there was no doctor 
uh, she decided for herself and yeah, and then she just do it. And it was a really unpleasant feeling. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. with that moment, it started. Like I had really painful contractions and I didn't feel ready to, to bear the pain. So I, I oh, like immediately told her like, okay, this is another leak now. Um, this was really from, from, I don't know, like maybe 10 to 100 uh, in, in the pain level. Yeah, so I uh, asked for some pain medication. Um, mm -hmm. What she gave me, like she was running out quite fast to get it <laughs> for me. And uh, I don't know if, if it really helped. Uh, like I didn't feel much of a difference, but obviously it made me yeah. uh, feel a little bit uh, dizzy. So she also um, didn't give me too much of it. Yeah, and I think from that point she was uh, more or less all the time uh, with me because the, the, the contractions felt so intense. And I, I also have no feeling like like how, how often they came, how long they lasted. It was uh, like quite uh, uh, continuous uh, from that point on. Yeah. Uh, suggested that I switch positions like before I was uh, like on this, this birthing bed and just uh, like lying on my back and this was like this I already knew from uh, from before from my uh, mm -hmm. birth preparation class and this is not the best thing to do and um, yeah so I switched to all fours what was much better and she suggested a few things but it was really, uh, really hard. Like Pavel was there, but he also couldn't do much. I, I uh, have seen that he tried, but he probably felt very, very helpless. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was uh, thinking about the different phases uh, of the birth, how I learned it in, in the class before. Uh, but what I experienced was everything much uh, faster. So I, I really, from this... Uh, transition phase I uh, went kind of immediately into the the last uh, phase of delivery um, of labor and um, wasn't able to not push uh, like uh, the midwife at one point uh, like allowed me to slightly push a little bit uh, with the contraction but the, the I couldn't control it that uh, it was only a little bit and uh, yeah then I only remember that uh, at one point when I was still on all fours I said like I have the feeling the the head is out in a minute like any or any second and I think she still said something like, oh, I know this, this can't be. Nevertheless, she still offered me to um, change the position for uh, standing. So then she helped me to uh, like stand in front of the bed and like hold on to, to this, this bed. And um, I think then I still said something like, 
yeah, I think it's coming out now. She went away, like she wasn't by my side in that moment. And I didn't know exactly where she was. And then there was one contraction and the baby was out. Oh, wow. Did you catch uh, him yourself? uh, She catched him. Yeah. He catched him, and uh, but I wasn't sure in that moment where she was. And uh, like after she told me, like because I I said those things, she like she didn't believe it, but she still went um, like to the side. There were all these um, uh, these uh, cupboards and facilities uh, where they store all their um, medical equipment. So she went there to get um, gloves. Mm. Uh, just in case that he really came uh, out that uh, yeah. um, moment already. And uh, uh, yeah, so she catched him. Mm. and <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy she did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I was, I just remember I... I was uh, in that moment so happy it was over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so relieved. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even uh, think of looking down. I was somehow so um, so uh, occupied with, with uh, myself uh, mm-hmm. in that moment. And uh, so she uh, like said, like, look down, look down. And yeah, then I've seen him. <laughs> yeah. Did you know you were having a boy? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And what I absolutely didn't see and hear and didn't get the times my uh, husband only told me after is that she told him at some point to press the red emergency button. Yeah. So um, then I was still standing there and she uh, then asked Pavel if he wants to cut the umbilical cord. What he already said before, that he doesn't want to do it. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, I don't know, he couldn't do it. And then she was a little bit surprised. And then she was, oh, okay. So then do you want to do it? And handed me the scissors. And then I just did it. Mm. Even if uh, before I was uh, maybe thinking to uh, like uh, let the um, uh, blood uh, pulsate until there's no more, um, uh, no more. But all this was somehow in this hospital setting not not possible, or I wasn't possible to to um, address these these wishes in this uh, situation. Mm. Yeah. We also didn't have like a birth plan or something. What we what we brought this was all too too sudden, too sudden, yeah, uh, yeah, and unplanned. Yeah. So how was the immediate postpartum then in the hospital? Yeah. So uh, after my husband pressed the button, then <laughs> uh, like a doctor and like other um, midwives or trainee midwives uh, came and um, yeah, helped me to get back on the bed. I could uh, do a first uh, skin to skin with uh, Frederick. That was really, this was something what was uh, really important to me because from 
Uh, the beginning of pregnancy, I was always afraid that uh, we could have bonding issues or something. So this was um, uh, really important. And this worked like he couldn't hold his temperature very well. So I don't know when exactly, but at some point uh, they suggested to put some kind of plastic skin around him, like um, uh, to uh, keep him warm. Yeah, then um, there were some issues with the placenta, and so it was somewhat difficult to um, be born. And I already knew that in that hospital, they give you some uh, medication to speed the process uh, up. This is uh, like in the uh, city, somehow like different from uh, hospital to hospital, but I knew that they are, they are doing it. Yeah, so I... Uh, like someone came then up with the idea that I could do some little uh, little squat uh, that might help to birth the placenta. So um, during all this process, uh, Pavel had uh, had Frederick and had his first chat with him, what I think was also really important uh, to him. After uh, the placenta was completely. Uh, uh, out uh, what surprisingly I didn't want to see like I was so brave to uh, cut the umbilical cord myself but uh, the placenta I didn't want to see so. no <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're asking you uh, here to if you want to uh, to see it or yeah or not and <laughs> um, I don't know if you were able to keep it actually if you wanted, but it wasn't an option for us. So, uh, yeah, so I had um, then Frederick back um, on my chest and uh, I needed uh, some stitches because of some tearing. Mm. What was quite uh, uh, painful. <laughs> so, like, but the. Um, the doctor, this one I actually knew from before from this um, outpatient uh, clinic because he was also there. He was at least uh, friendly and uh, apologized. So I didn't feel like uh, I was forced into something. It was just uh, painful. He said like uh, that was, this exact spot was uh, difficult to, to numb with some anesthesia. Mm. Uh, the only issue I I had a little bit was that uh, I had uh, the baby on my chest and uh, you could already see that uh, he was like uh, searching for the breast but couldn't reach it himself and I also didn't know what to do in that moment mm. and I wasn't maybe brave enough to uh, just try to to breastfeed him myself and uh, uh, the midwives uh, they were like yeah yeah in a moment we will help you we will help you we still have to do this and you have to do this and there was also like some uh, stitching uh, going on uh, with me at the same time so I also uh, was afraid to move a little bit probably after one and a half hours already uh, finally, some time that uh, someone could uh, help him uh, or me uh, to to latch. Then uh, he was already so tired and almost sleeping and had no more force 
like he was awake after after he was born but then with the time he got more and more tired that he uh, wasn't able to drink anymore like some moment what i was going on in my head uh, uh, again and again uh, after um, that I, when, that I was really regretting that I wasn't stronger uh, there to uh, try to feed him earlier and mm. um, like thinking that our um, breastfeeding journey might have been much easier. Yeah, yeah. So how was how was it? Did you stay in the in the hospital for a few days, or how does it work in in Germany? Um, in Germany, it's normally that you stay some uh, three days in the hospital um, after a vaginal birth. Like it's longer uh, when you had a C-section, mm. and um, normally you stay with your um, baby in your room like they uh, bring you together to one room uh, in our case it was that um, <clears throat> after this uh, failed attempt <laughs> to uh, breastfeed he, him in the delivery room um, someone came and said like the um, the pediatricians uh, who obviously got uh, his results like from his um, examination after birth uh, said that his um, uh, glucose level is not uh, good. This was um, the start, his glucose mm. level, and uh, that they would like him to stay overnight in the um, uh, neonatology ward. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, after a while they took him away and brought me then, <clears throat> it was around midnight then that they brought me to uh, my old room actually uh, alone like with mm. all the baby did Pavel get to stay with you then no like he could uh, still come to the room shortly like to to bring me there but uh, it was uh, yeah way past the visiting hours so um, he had to leave uh, then and go go home alone and uh, uh, I think in that time there was also no possibility to have a family room and um, things like this and we weren't able to to plan all these things or in that situation I didn't even dare to ask uh, for it <clears throat> because uh, yeah because of COVID and uh, yeah all these things um, I don't know if I mentioned that but I was planning to deliver in another hospital, but uh, because all the um, situation, because of all of the situation and the induction and so on, I didn't make it there. I didn't even make it to my appointment there to uh, register. Yeah, because the baby was born first. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I, yeah, I didn't feel like being able to organize any any of this so he had to go home then. yeah and so how was it then in the hospital or you stayed for the three days or did you stay longer um i stayed for the three days uh yes and uh frederick had to stay actually almost two weeks uh 
on the neonatology mm. ward. Yeah, so uh, like as long as I was still uh, staying in the hospital, it was uh, quite good because I could really any time go there. Like I uh, like this, everybody told me immediately. I felt a bit uh, pressured, especially during this uh, uh, first night where uh, I was actually, I don't like to admit it, but a little bit relieved that I could just rest yeah and don't have to <laughs> uh to uh, care about all these for me really new things like baby feeding and changing diapers and so on because uh, i have yeah. not much experience with babies uh, uh before i had yeah yeah so um <clears throat> next morning then i i went to the uh, neonatology and uh, like really see my uh, baby for the first time mm. after the birth and uh yeah what was really a big luck and and relief was that from that exact day on was a saturday uh they allowed in the neonatology the two parents to be present at the same time like before had uh, to be only one at a time mm. what i knew because uh, some uh like the son of a friend of mine was there half a year earlier and uh yeah so we could uh, together spend time there yeah that's nice uh yeah and like after i was uh discharged um Actually, I stayed only two nights at home and then I could uh, move into the neonatology ward in, like, and they have some rooming in uh, program, mm. they call it. And uh, so I had, like, uh, basically this was, like, his uh, hospital room with uh, all the machines and so on. And they put some uh, little bed in there and... Uh, uh, where I could sleep and uh, a oh, bathroom nice. <laughs> too. So uh, <laughs> uh, nice. it was uh, okay. It was not about my comfort, but uh, uh, about his comfort. So yeah, of course. <clears throat> and what was yeah. what was going on with him? What was the reason why he was in the NICU for for a couple of weeks? So first, it was this uh, glucose level was wasn't right. Uh, he was really weak, really sleepy. Uh, he had um, problems to drink. Um, and um, sometimes he also had uh, problems with the um, oxygen saturation. Like, especially when he was drinking, then it could uh, like really um, like drop, like the oxygen levels could drop. Yeah, but I, like, at the time, I, most of the time also didn't know what was exactly going on and why he was there. And it was really difficult to uh, find a doctor. And uh, they wouldn't tell you much. And, like, not so much during the first days, but uh, for, towards the end, I was started to be really... Mm. Uh, kind of angry like why are they keeping my child here like I just wanted to 
go home with him. Yeah, like, and also this, um, like the time when I stayed with him uh, was really the most exhausting week of my life. So, because um, you were responsible for the child, like they, um, they really want to uh, also teach the parents to be with the child because there was some uh, discussion before if they could keep me longer in the hospital uh, to be maybe able to um, uh, um, discharge uh, the baby from the NICU and have him with uh, me in the normal um, maternity ward. That uh, they could like kind of train me uh, to or us like most of the parents to uh, yeah for for the baby care like changing diapers and uh, feeding and so on. Um, but this wasn't possible, so uh, yeah, we did it the other way around in the end. Um, but it was so uh, exhausting. Um, yeah, how I said like they. Uh, give you the responsibility like also if you like you can leave the ward but you have to uh, tell the nurse what's uh, quite okay you are supposed to do everything like all the feeding and changing uh, and so on like they um, they show you like also really patiently I hmm. I also don't want to say anything against uh, the nurses there they were really uh, uh, patient with the babies and caring well but they weren't so much focused on the parents um that's maybe the difference to uh, a normal maternity ward where they see more the complete package and um yeah here they were really uh focused on having the baby looked uh after uh, well and um yeah and um also a little bit um I had the impression that every nurse had their own style and was like teaching you something else. And sometimes all these orders you got were also uh, contradicting mm -hmm. themselves. This uh, was really hard for me. I, I think I can imagine that it's so difficult because also when you have your first baby, you are also learning. And if you then have yes, 50 million opinions you know, that usually come from your family instead. <laughs> but, uh, but when they come from yeah. your family, you can, you're still uh, theoretically able to uh, shut them off and out. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but in that case, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't possible. <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine how difficult that must have been, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, how was it then, then when, you, when you were finally able to bring him home? Yeah, I was really happy and relieved, but also really insecure um, because of all these um, mm. different uh, different opinions and different styles, how to do thing, things. But what I was so relieved about and what made it so much easier was that he wasn't on all these um, uh, sensors and cables and things like because uh he was he wasn't in a in, uh like really in, a, in an incubator this was only some some warming bed but uh like he had of course uh like they were monitoring him and 
uh, I don't know, there were uh, 10 different cables on him and sensors that had to be placed. So uh, changing diapers was really, uh, uh, felt like some, uh, some surgery. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when you had to uh, put the cable around here and uh, this sensor there and uh, so yeah. um, that was the biggest relief that all this was away but on yeah. the other hand we were so used to uh, watch the monitors to see if he's warm enough if his heartbeat is right if uh, um, the oxygen saturation is okay that we also felt a little bit helpless when finally all these monitors were off and uh, we didn't have this this data anymore. So we had to start to uh, look at our baby and not the screen <laughs> to see what's going on. This uh, yeah was a big change. So I was very happy when we made it through uh, the first night without any big problems and then the next day also um then my uh midwife for the uh, postpartum care came for the first time and assured us that everything is okay yeah oh that's good that's good great is there anything else you'd like to share from postpartum yeah so everything else like of course this first time was uh really intensive and also after we like because of his condition because he was uh he was very light like he was born only um uh, 2.3 uh kilos and um because of that we were also very closely monitored by um uh, our pediatrician so we had to go there every every few days this was quite restricting um us uh, so we were still very like medically very well cared about and he was very well cared about but it also maybe stopped us and especially me um to really get into the the feeling and the intuition what to do with uh with the baby and how to to care about uh, him i think this took um quite a while I think this also uh, disturbed the the early bonding process uh, quite a lot. So what I was uh, so uh, afraid of all the time, um, a little bit happened that it took quite quite long for me to really have like these motherly feelings. What you are supposed to have. Um, to really genuinely feel it and um, uh, yeah to not only uh, fulfill tasks on the baby yeah like yeah to uh, yeah, do this do that feed then um, I and this was another point on the what was really stressing me out was the uh, feeding because of course uh, of his weight um, he like everybody was really careful on uh, him putting on weight Mm. what I was feeding how much and um, like probably also because I started to pump really late in the hospital because the the Mm. care for the mother like in the hospital also on the kind of maternity ward wasn't uh, the best 
uh, I, I didn't experience the best. <clears throat> um, I really had problems uh, breastfeeding. Like he was too weak or he didn't want to and the bottle was easier. So we were uh, feeding quite a mm. lot of formula. I was um, pumping. I was stressing out if there wasn't enough of milk. I was stressing out that he couldn't, uh, uh, couldn't be... Um, fed uh, from breast directly and I was like this also consumed a lot of time actually like all the like uh, uh, the bottle management <laughs> and uh, uh, like the pump everything had to be cleaned and he was sitting there and uh, yeah this was yeah it's a big it's a big journey feeding journey and learning learning how to breastfeed if we breastfeed or how to bottle feed if we bottle feed and and all the pressure that we put on ourselves and that everybody else puts on us to do it this way or that way or anything like that I think it's very I've experienced that myself as well it's very difficult to to just sit with it and, and be there and be be present with your baby when you just have yes. to worry about feeding them all the time yes. yeah yeah this is this is really something I was struggling uh, with to be present with the with the baby and uh, because there were all like all these thoughts uh, um, about uh, the feeding and really the the pressure because I really really wanted to breastfeed I knew that I wasn't breast uh, fed and I wanted to do it um, differently so mm -hmm. I really put a lot of uh, pressure on myself and like many others maybe would have uh, given up earlier with the with the pumping and the, the feeding i also know of cases where um they were successful to fully breastfeed even after a long time in the NICU and um yeah but for us it was very long this um parallel business of <laughs> uh bottle breast and pump <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you <laughs> um all right yeah all right Anya. um great do you do you have any resources or anything that you used anything that you'd like to share with other other people going through pregnancy not so much i wasn't so much into reading books during uh, my pregnancy i was buying a lot of them but not actually re reading them uh, what uh, was really helpful for both of us, like for my husband and and me, was the birth preparation class. This I would really recommend to anyone to uh, uh, try to do something like this, even if in our case uh, it was uh, online um, because you couldn't meet because of COVID. Uh, but... Uh, and it was quite compact uh, what we did um, because I thought we won't have time and we have to do it during the weekend. Uh, but to know that we'll, this will be there, that we mm. uh, will still get uh, all the information we need in a compact way from someone uh, who is here in the city, who knows the hospitals. This was um, also really um, good information what we got there and um, uh, yeah who also knows us like in our case it was really the midwife um who did it who um who uh, did my uh, postpartum care 
so this is something uh, really helpful. And uh, otherwise, I was um, watching quite a lot of YouTube videos, actually. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I've read this one before too. Yeah, and yeah, um, there was one channel. Uh, what I could really recommend it's German, um, of course. Um, like for if there are some German mm -hmm. uh, speakers, probably already know it. It's called Richtig Schwanger. Uh, there's um, OBGYN uh, who is uh, like in an easy to understand and. Um, still a very entertaining way explaining really a lot of um, um, medical things also so always when there was uh, like a new diagnosis coming up during pregnancy like with the cervix insuff insuff insufficiency <laughs> um, or the growth restriction and so on then um, uh, I got my kind of second opinion or background information um, there. Okay. So, yeah, that's great. It was Super. quite helpful, but I guess also in, in other countries and other languages, there are resources like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and share those on your, on your show notes page as well. Okay, so thank you so much, Anya, for coming and sharing your story with us today. Yeah, thank you. It was... Uh, Good to share. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Anya, for coming on the podcast today and sharing your beautiful birth story with us. If you are listening in and you'd like to reach out to Anya about anything, then don't hesitate to send me an email on the nine months podcast at gmail.com or head to the website nine months podcast.com to read the um, show notes page if there is any reference there for example that you'd like to check out also if you'd like to share your birth story on the pod I'm recording quite a lot here in June and July so if you would like to now is the time to contact me again you can email me the nine months podcast at gmail.com or head to the website nine months podcast.com and just fill in the con fill in the contact form there <laughs> thank you guys so much have a wonderful week ahead and I will see you next week